Hello, everyone. Welcome to Van Life and Chill, the podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Stevens, and today I'm talking with Kevin and Taylor. They are world travelers with a goal to hit 30 countries before turning 30. And they spent a year outfitting their sprinter and have some great insights from their experience. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, thanks for watching. I'm Kevin. And I'm Taylor. And we are Mathers on the Map, a travel van life based YouTube channel. Trying to go more travel focused than just the niche van life, but that's how we started. So we're trying to uh, branch out a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your sort of van life experience then. I would say it started in about 2018. Um, he had this huge desire to live in a van when we moved to California. Uh, I was a little bit more hesitant until we kind of found um, <clears throat> a van couple who made it really, really nice. My my picture when Kevin was like, let's live in a van was like the the blow up mattress in the back of like a a van. Van down by the river. Yeah. Yeah. Um so in 2019 we actually made the jump, but it needed some serious requirements on on my my end. So I started we were living in Oregon at the time. Taylor's a nurse and we were doing well she was doing travel nursing and that's where like the whole van life kind of idea popped into my head. And then it was a lot of negotiation, as Taylor said. And then 2019, we got our van. We got a shell of just a 170 Sprinter van, 2015 uh, cargo. So no windows, no anything. And we flew to Michigan. We're in New Jersey. We flew to Michigan, sight unseen. We put a deposit down just based on the pictures online. It was from a Mercedes dealer, so it wasn't like too sketchy or anything. And we didn't want to lose it, but this was like right before, this was 2019. So I guess like eight months before the big ban, like COVID hit yeah. and everything started getting like super crazy. So we kind of got in like right, right in the good time. And then we started doing the van bill ourselves, which took about a year. We were both working full time. And then November, the first week of November, 2020 is when I quit corporate and we went full time traveling. The goal was to be done by June of 2020. However, because of COVID, our our, our original goal was to go to Alaska. Um, and since the uh, borders were shut down for Canada, we kind of lost that little drive. Um, the van wasn't ready by then anyway, though. Yeah. So we, we, so we kind of took our time during summer to, to get it done, which is right. why we didn't leave until November. So Kevin, you mentioned that uh, the idea kind of sparked because um, Taylor, you were you were uh, working as a travel traveling nurse, and uh, so you just thought that was sort of a symbiotic relationship to be able to live in a van and travel from place to place. Was that kind of the inspiration behind starting? We were camping in Crater Lake. Uh, it was like the tail end of September, so probably like September twenty third or something of twenty seventeen, and or 2018. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we were camping there and we were camping in a tent on snow, you know, in September. Yeah. Crater thought? Lake is really high in elevation. So the snow, it just snowed like the week before and we didn't realize it. So we get up there and it is freezing. We had enough like layers and stuff to be all right. And we survived. But as we're laying in the tent, it's probably like, I don't know, pretty late at this point, we hear this diesel engine coming through the campground. And you hear like the rumble and then it like parks like probably like two campsites from us. 
and we unzip our tent and it's freezing out. Mind you, I'm not really big on tent camping to begin with. No, so. Taylor's a little like, <laughs> yeah, she needs some luxury in her life to be pretty happy. So we unzip this tent and we look through and it's just one of those Winnebago Sprinter vans, the already professionally converted ones. And the lights are on and the window shade is is down, but you can see a woman's silhouette of her like drinking coffee and like reading a book and you could hear the sound of the heater running. So it's just like, meanwhile, we're freezing our ass off in the tent. We're in a tent and then they're just like in their living room basically. And at that point, I think that's when, when I was like, all right, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the, the thing about van life is it can be that sense of comfort, you know, that, that home on wheels, like literally, you know, and, uh, but I mean, you were already out there camping, so there must have been that other side of van life that so many people get into it for is is also being able to get out in nature, right? It's you, you have some creature comforts, but then also that nature side. So was that part of the reason that you wanted to also get into that? Definitely. I think prior to when we were working and living in Oregon, we lived in California. So we visited like Yosemite and the Redwoods. So we really had that desire to like get out and see the national parks and Kind of see what this country in general had to offer other than cities um so that was a huge focus for it to be able to actually like go and visit places and not necessarily have to leave them after three hours or however long to get back to a hotel or back home or whatever it is yeah especially in those like rural areas in the northwest and in california national parks too because if you go to a national park like Yosemite, you either at the tent camp or you have to stay at like one of those really expensive lodges that are like three, four hundred bucks a night. And it's just like or you have to leave completely. Right. Yes. So where's where's the van now? I mean, you guys are in a house. I'm curious uh, what's going on uh, currently with your situation. Yeah. So we've been home for the holidays and we haven't left the van since we took a recent trip to Canada for the Christmas markets and then since the holidays, we, the van's been stationary outside of our house in, in New Jersey here. And we have a couple trips lined up to go snowboarding again. And then a bigger trip this summer to do the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, and then hopefully get through Banff and uh, uh, Jasper up in Calgary, Edmonton, Alberta area. And That's then kind of we haven't talked about we just started like, yeah brainstorming that's one of the main areas that we're both very interested in and neither of us have ever been so we want to definitely kind of try to hit that area and that's where you're you're around right well i'm a, i'm originally from british columbia canada i'm i'm living in ontario now okay yeah so we probably just drove past yeah you, like not too long ago then yeah we probably did yeah and i've i've been through the rockies uh multiple times i've hitchhiked through there twice and i've driven through there a couple times as well yeah that's awesome the the canadian rockies i'm assuming you're saying right canadian rockies yeah jasper banff those that area i want to yeah. get there so bad i've heard so many good things apparently there's a train that goes from like the eastern side to the west coast of uh canada too right that's like pretty incredible yeah yeah there's the i think it's called the via rail it's a train i've never done that but uh i've heard it's a pretty cool trip interruption from the podcast i just wanted to let everyone know that i'm doing a cross canada road trip this year and i would love to meet up with as many van dwellers as possible to film van tours for different media so if you want to get your name out there get some exposure and feet and be featured on this channel 
Uh, let's meet up on the road. I think that would be a lot of fun. I can't wait to meet you all, to film with you all, and to hear your stories and to see your unique builds. So there's some contact information in the link below or in the description below or whatever, and you guys can contact me there and let's meet up. To get to know you guys a little bit more, you know, where, you know, how did you kind of grow up and where did you grow up? What was your upbringing like? I grew up on the east coast of New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey's not the biggest state, so like from coast to coast, it's an hour. Uh, but I grew up on the coastline, and then she kind of grew up. I grew up the... uh, closer to Philadelphia, so I was born in a town on the west side of New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. Um, so I was more of like your suburb. Uh, I mean, I played sports. We went to the beach for like family trips. Um, I have an older sister. So, I mean, it was a lot of just like your typical kind of family upbringing in the suburbs. Nothing, nothing too crazy. My parents were not big into like traveling. The, the, the family trips I can remember were Florida twice um, and the Disney cruise. We went to a dude ranch in Montana. Um, and I think that's really like it other than like your like little in high school. And... Well, that was only with my mom and my sister, yeah. but yeah, so my dad's not a huge traveler. So for us, it was like when we turned, when we moved to California and we started doing all this traveling, it was like, wow, there's a, there's a whole world out there that like we've seen so little of. So, yeah. but you traveled a bit yeah. growing up. For me. So right before I moved to the beach, the East Coast of New Jersey in high school, and then I lived kind of in the suburbs, the mainland is what we call it. Uh, before that, and I was big, really big into hockey. So I was actually going up to Ontario quite a bit uh, during my youth sports. And then I played hockey in high school and college. So traveling internationally, especially other than Canada, wasn't really a part of our lives at all. Um, and then to Taylor's point too, like we never, I'd never been to a national park before moving to California with her. So I don't know, maybe it's the Northeast because we have fewer national parks here that you're just not aware of it. But I also feel like it's, you're not as inspired to explore your backyard. So like we're two hours from New York city and I have only been there like five times. And it's because she dragged me there for the Christmas <laughs> tree. And like, it was a school trip the other two times and the other two were work. Like I'd never been to New York city just to like Go for fun. Go for fun, really. Which is like crazy because you talk to people you know, like all over the country or like internationally and like their number two spots are New York and LA pretty much. So like when we were in California and we were like, yo, we're going to Yosemite this weekend. Like my colleagues have been like, Yosemite, why are you going all the way there? And I was like, are you serious? Like you never heard of Yosemite? <laughs> the first time I heard of Yosemite, I called it Yosemite too. So that's like, I, I literally had no idea what a national park was. Oh, Yosemite. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The travel bug kind of kicked on when we were living out in California and doing like the weekend warrior thing and just like going to different places and realizing like what's out there. I think what also was different for us is because we I was a travel nurse there too, you have like eight weeks in a certain area. So you really want to do and see as much as you can in that area yeah. um, until you move again or until you, or you can stay. I mean, depending on what you like. But so I think that's kind of what not pressured us to kind of actually get out there and go explore and like see things, but it kind of 
it, the timeline or like knowing that it was going to end really made us want to like see and do as much as we can, which I think now has really played a part in like our travels now. Like when we go somewhere, we still like we want to do and see as much as we can in an area. You still have that mentality of, of sort of. Uh, a, a scarce amount of time in a location gave you yeah because i find that that's such a thing that happens when somebody lives somewhere it's just like oh, they don't even bother looking around but then once you're traveling it's like oh this is so cool so so yeah i guess the, the other question i have just like kind of related to this is like what is it about traveling that you both enjoy i think the unknown and i think when you go someplace so we just went to dubai for the first time and like it was our first time in the Middle East at all. So like that sense of like unknown and like I didn't culture know what shock. to expect. Yeah, culture shock. Like it's just like so I'm not really thrilling. I don't think that's the word, but like there's just something so exciting about it, in my opinion, that like it just makes me want to go to other places and see uh, like, I don't know, you, you really want to like try to immerse yourself in that culture and like really like understand it. Cause I'm, I don't know. That's for international travel mainly. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I completely agree. It also like kind of brings like a sense of, uh, makes you feel grateful for what you have at home. Like we're so, so fortunate to, you know, live where we are, being raised in the family that we have, we have a roof under our head where we have a van, we can go travel. Like you go to different countries, especially like, you know, countries not as wealthy as Canada or the U S and you know, their living conditions and they're happy compared to what we have. Like it just like, kind of like, I don't know. It puts things into perspective. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, I'm trying to think of like for, to answer that in like the domestic traveling because the cult the cultures i mean for us from state to state is actually a bit different but i don't think we're like hunting for that culture shock domestically domestically it's more like i don't know we crave like the nature and the national parks here yeah i would agree with that and i think it's just now living in different places you realize that other states have so much to offer that maybe we didn't think about before and now we're like well let's go see what Arkansas is doing here. Well, not Arkansas. We've never been there, but. No, but I am interested because there's some areas in Arkansas that have a lot to offer. And it's just like one of those states that just fly under the radar. Uh, yeah. A flyover state, as they call it. Yeah. There's always interesting things to see everywhere in the world because. I mean, for me, it's like I love a nice variety in my life. You know, it, it, changing things up, it, it gives you uh that, pers that change of perspective, but it's also just interesting. And it's like, we, we only get so much time on this world and you know, it's fun. It's fun to be able to see new stuff in my opinion. hundred yeah. percent agree. Yeah. Time's the only thing we can't uh, get back, right. Or can't make more of. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm curious to hear a little bit about what it was like for you when you got the van and it was fully built out and you were going on your first adventure with it. Um, do you remember sort of what your state of mind was like? W was there some nerves? Okay, well, what are we, where are we going to park? How are we going to do this? Um, yeah, just walk me through sort of the feeling 
of moving into your van for the first time? For me, it was like kind of like euphoric. There's a song, we, we kind of like country music. So there's a song by Zach kind of? Brown band uh, called Free. And <laughs> it's like, I heard that while I was building the van. I probably heard it before, but like I, I really comprehended and recognized the song lyrics when I we had the van. And like the lyrics are... Uh, we live out in this old van. Yeah. Across this land, just me and you or whatever. And, uh, you know, the first time we took off the road trip to uh, our first trip was to Rhode Island. Yeah, I think so. To Newport, Rhode Island. We listened to that song first and it was just like, we did it. It was like the moment. Yeah. 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 All the work, all the hype led up to like that one moment. But as for where to park, I don't think either of us realized like the amount of thinking and decisions that need to be made like quickly while living in a van. Yeah. The number of decisions was probably the most unexpected thing that you have to deal with, especially as a couple. Yeah. Like how far are you going to drive? Where do you want to park? Do you want to take toll roads? Do you want to take non-toll roads? Are you in a rush to get there? Like, what do you want to see for, like, there's just so many little. Luckily, yeah. details that I don't think either of us really thought about. Luckily, our first night was at a Harvest Host. Um, so you're familiar with Harvest Host? Or... I am, but I, yeah, maybe just give a quick little description. If it's a, I know it's a, a website where kind of wineries and farms will allow people to stay, essentially. Exactly. It's a membership that you can join um, where, just as you said, a group, of, a network of, they even have golf courses now, so wineries, breweries, distilleries, uh, museums, golf courses. We're not Farms. sponsored in any way, but we just really, <laughs> <I wish. laughs> yeah, like we just really enjoy it. I think it's a great way to, especially if you're going to do paid camping, you know, if you're going to go to a campground and pay 30, 40 bucks a night, if you don't need electricity, if you don't need water, if you don't need like anything, Hookups. you may as well go to a harvest host, spend the money on a good meal or a new beer that you haven't had before, new wine, and then same experience, right? You get, you get kind of have it all to yourself. Um, it's also great. We like to be able to like talk to like the locals. Like there's no better, like a brewery when you sit down at a bar and you talk to like the bartender, like they know so much about the area yeah. and like, it's usually pretty low key. So like they have the time to actually talk to you. So it's like, we get a really good sense of the area through Harvest Host, which we really like. Yeah. I know we, we kind of like diverted from your question a little bit and go into the Harvest Host, but I mean, to answer it, to sum it up, it was euphoric in the very beginning. And then we realized like after our first night, we had no plan. So it was like <laughs> oh, so shit. many decisions and it was just like kind of, we handled it well because we're so used to being together. But, you know, people ask us, how do you live in like 60 square feet and spend all your time together? Um, yeah, we manage it pretty well, but it also helps be... that prior to this, Kevin worked from home too. So prior to van life in general, um, with him working from home, I was either at work for 12 hours a day or home. So we've kind of always been together. Yeah. So there's not really any change being in the van because even if we're together at home, we're most likely in the same room. Like, so it's not really... There wasn't too much of a change there. That is an interesting thing. Uh, some people obviously do this solo. Some people, couples, I mean, there's families out there that do some sort of van life, bus life. Um, there, 
are some challenges though that a company living in that small space maybe i would love to just hear what your thoughts are on that what is it kind of like being a couple inside that that small space and what challenges uniquely do you face as a couple well you get really close with your partner because <laughs> there's no privacy whatsoever so uh, <laughs> use music when you have to do your business or something or kick the other person out we, we use music because we tend to travel in cold environments i don't know why when we built the van we did not yeah. build it for winter conditions but we had the goal of like we're gonna be in warm conditions all the time and now i feel like half of our van trips are like do you want to go snowboarding yeah honestly it's probably what <laughs> but um yeah what are some challenges we kind of have like defined roles not defined but we adapted adopted roles throughout the like in Baja, what we kind of had. Oh like, yeah. Well, I'm the house cleaner or the the van cleaner. Kevin is the van dirtier. Well, I'm more <laughs> of like the plan. I like will find spots to park and stuff, and I'll do more of like the logistic things, and then she'll take care of more of the. We need to do laundry today. Right. That's a priority. Like I'm still the, like, what do you call it? Like the house. I still take care of the house. Yeah. Luckily for us, like we don't have to work for, we don't work remote for any other company in the van. So we don't have to, you know, commit to certain schedules. And then like one person has to be quiet while we're on a conference call or something. Like when we're in the van, we're usually, you know, working on our vlogs or creating content. So, um, we don't have to worry about that issue. Yeah. And we don't normally need to be like, near Wi-Fi. So like our parking situation never needs to be specific to like what we're doing we unless like we're doing something for the day for a vlog or something, if that makes sense. We definitely get on each other's nerves. I don't want to make it sound like we have, <laughs> we're perfect in the van, but we do try to communicate as much as possible. Like if she is frustrated with me, like I will be pretty annoying and get it out of her and like talk about the issue instead of like letting it just sit there and emotions build and build and build. And then we have like this colossal, you know, face off. It's I try and chip away at it immediately, you know, but it works for us, I guess. So you touched on the, the subject there, but um, I'm sure this is a question that you get on your videos. And this is a question I get all the time. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I guess I just want to start talking about money. You, you, you mentioned there you shoot vlogs, while you're in the van but is that is that your main source of income like for your entire time or do you go back to some sort of more standard jobs or or what is your what is your work situation like in in combination with your van life experience so we kind of have a lot of aspects of this um we do live in a duplex so we rent the top unit um so we do an eight month rental in the winter and then during the summertime because we live at the beach uh we do like airbnb and stuff like that so that does help a lot i still work as a nurse per diem um so when we're home i pick up shifts and stuff like like i'm working full-time this week but it's also i have to work three shifts in six weeks so the demand isn't really like there unless i want it to be you know i can kind of be really flexible with my schedule. When we were traveling in Mexico in Baja, we had to fly home just so Taylor could get her, her work and then we would fly back to the van. So it does like kind of create 
you know, some hassle, I guess, when we are full time in the van. But when we're home, like right now, like Taylor's picking up as much as she can because there's bonus with, you know, everything going on. So there's an increase. The man pays better. Um, but yeah, so I quit corporate in November of 2020. So YouTube has been my full time career before uh, YouTube, solo YouTube. I also had like a side hustle with Amazon which helped kind of, you know, build our little nest egg of savings because YouTube's not making what it, my corporate job was at all. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I, I mean, we're making money. Don't get me wrong. Like we make decent money. Like I'm happy. Uh, but we also do like affiliate income. So Amazon affiliate. So our entire YouTube channel started with the van build, which kind of helped us create or earn money from YouTube, even with a small following. Um, because when people go to watch our content, they're not really looking to get entertained. They're looking to learn how we build our van. I'm not saying our method is perfect by any means, but we recommend the products that we use in the description below in the links. And if they click on that link, we get affiliate commission off that. So we started earning a little bit of money before I quit full time. And then now it's strictly just, you know, YouTube and we're starting to do some brand partnerships. Now that we're getting a little bit bigger, um, which is pretty cool. And hopefully that'll continue to grow. Maybe tell me a little bit about your van build, uh, just so I can get an idea of what your setup is like, what kind of components, um, maybe electrical system, the, your build out structure, design, just whatever you want to tell me about that. You want to do the electrical? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so the design was my kind of area of expertise and like the the finishing touches what we wanted it to look like so we have just like a small closet well, a bathroom we were really inspired by uh, sarah and alex yeah um they're they're popular on youtube and they had created kind of the layout that we did we kind of molded two layouts together like blended them um but then from a design perspective like the interior designer it's all you yeah but that's where we kind of got the, the oh layout. yeah yeah um, but we needed a full shower and a toilet. Well, I needed that. That was her requirement. Um, I also needed like a kitchen with, I wanted the stove top to be like in the counter, not like one of those ones that you're constantly putting out, pulling, like putting away. Um, so we have a full kitchen on one side and then like a dresser and our bed converts to our table, um, in the back, which is lifted so that we can fit like surfboards and um snowboards and all that kind of stuff in like the garage part underneath yeah we have about 18 inches of garage space and height and then it goes back i think like six and a half but with the sprinter you have like that extra like four or five inches with the doors they don't come i don't know it's like a little like additional space so i could fit two when we went down to baja i had two surfboards in it and then snowboard and we get two snowboards and no problem and other stuff too which is really nice and then on top we have uh like a deck where I can strap down things as well, uh, which is cool. But for electrical, we have uh, 400 watts of solar on the roof, and then we have 300 amp hours worth of lithium batteries, and we got a 3,000 watt inverter, so Taylor can run our hair dryer, we can run a hot uh, water heater, and then we never really run into any issues. We also uh, have an isolator hooked up to our alternator, so we have three well, that's two methods of charging. And we also have shore power, which we never use once. And is your cooking setup, is it electrical or propane? 
It's propane. propane. Yeah, we don't have a big uh, propane lockbox like I know we should or what everyone recommends. We actually use those little like six or one pound. The, I think it's one pound. Yeah, the those green little green ones. ones yeah. Because yeah. they're super easy to find in like anywhere. Any Walmart has them and there's Walmarts everywhere. And then, you know, you can, I don't know, we, we carry like two or three extra. Even in Mexico, we had no problem getting them. So it was really... Uh, it yeah. works for us. Plus, then you can carry extra and, like, they don't take up that much space. Like, if we had a big one and we ran out and we had, like, it would be way more of a process. It's another like, thing to think about. And <laughs> it's another decision. And into your itinerary <laughs> or, like, you know, just to look for. And you want to try and reduce as many as you can. Yeah. So what are some of the most memorable experiences that you've had in your van? Definitely Baja. I mean, Baja is just every like Baja's just Hands incredible down. absolutely incredible but we like to be at the beach and we like to surf so it's a i don't know if it's a little biased but we literally <laughs> yeah i mean it definitely helps right because we surfed we lived on the beach for five days straight until we ran out of water and had to go back there's also just so many overlanders down there that like you just meet a lot of cool people who like are very like-minded so it's just like, I don't know. It's like one of the only places I feel like that we've been that like you, like you're always running into someone who like lives in a van. Yeah. And it's like kind of refreshing because uh, I don't know, like in here, there's very few people who live in a van or like. In the Northeast that is. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's nice to be able to be around people who are have similar interests. Jersey. Yeah. And then. But. Where else? I mean, we I also loved, like, I was so shocked at how much I enjoyed our, like, winter van life snowboarding. Um, Can we plug ourselves? <laughs> we just we just did a video on our top 10 van life destinations in North America. And granted, we haven't explored everywhere, but so Baja was top one and two. And then we broke Baja down a little bit. We said, if you know, Baja overall blows out every single spot. So if we could, it would have just been one spot. It would have just been Baja. That's the top <laughs> places. But uh, no, we did like Utah was really cool. Southeast Utah's Utah really was cool. awesome. Sedona. Maine's coastline is really, really nice. Right. Um, the Tetons were unbelievable. That was in the winter though. Uh, the Grand Tetons for snowboarding. It was awesome. Yeah. We also went to several places that I feel like you should go in the summer, right. in the winter. So like we went to Yellowstone in the winter. We went to Grand Tetons in the winter, which was awesome. But I am curious what they would be like in the summer. Yeah. But, but one memorable moment that doesn't even like, not on the top 10, but our beginning of our van life winter last year we got stuck in the snow oh, wow, yeah. on the side of the road in vermont and we were like toying with the idea of like should we get ko2s like yeah let's get them but we don't need them for this trip well, and the then forecast did not have any snow <laughs> in the there was no snow in the forecast and we didn't have snow tires or all-terrain tires at the time so it was risky yeah we were chugging up a mountain until it just we no longer were making well, it and we ended up in like a ditch we were stupid we we went up to vermont to go snowboarding for two days and the second day we got like not dumped on but we got like one to two inches relatively fast so we snowboarded a little bit longer than we we should have we stayed in the parking lot because in the van 
your home is in the parking lot. So you're like, you, you get undressed with your snowboard gear and you're just chilling, you grab a beer and some food and you just like hang out <laughs> instead of like getting the heck out of there. And we just followed Google maps on the quickest route. And the quickest route was through this mountainous road that was up, up a mountain and then had whiny turns and we couldn't even make it up the mountain. It was so, it was so bad. We were going maybe like 15 miles an hour. No, slower than that. Definitely. All right. Well, if all our right. wheels would just spin, so we would like grab traction, make, make it six feet, spin out again, spin out. And then we saw like a little pull off. So we were coming up and there was like a pull off to a driveway. So I was like, all right, let me just make it there. And then I'll try and just back into this, use the momentum of going downhill and back in. And then I could forward out and make that K turn. But right into the ditch we went. Yeah. On the side of the road, there's a ditch and <laughs> our back tires just dip down. That's on YouTube too. Uh, we got pulled out by a very kind gentleman. Who told uh, us, do not continue going this way. Yeah. Thank God we didn't make it because he said, like, there's really tight turns going downhill and people get stuck there all the, all the time. And I'd much rather, yeah, our situation, we were safe. Everyone, every, it was fine. But, yeah, that was probably one of our most memorable, like bad van life moments. Cause we yeah. were just like, shit. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That, I mean, yeah, that's, that's part of the risk, I guess, is, is just planning your trip a little bit around weather. Uh, it's, it's a concern, especially yeah. In a van. Right. So, um, you mentioned this earlier, uh, harvest host, you've mentioned Walmarts. Um, well, I guess you mentioned getting propane at Walmarts, but, um, uh, what kind of areas do you find that you park at? Ideally, Harvest Hosts. Not ideally. Ideally, places like... like okay, where, ideally Maryland. places in the middle of nowhere where there's nobody around and you're surrounded by, like, the ocean. That you or find yourself. Like, iOverlander's awesome. Beautiful, like, mountain in Utah. But if we're parking around people, ideally Harvest host. We do park at a, a lot of Wal uh, Walmarts. Yeah. And Cracker Barrels just because of the convenience and they're everywhere. And if we're lazy, we're just like, all right, th this will do. <laughs> like, yeah, if we're moving, like if we're waking up and we're out, you know, it's Walmart or Cracker Barrel or whatever, Cabela's, just so we can keep moving. But paid camping, I would say Harvest Hose. Yeah. If we have a decision, like we can go to a campground or a Harvest Hose, we're going to Harvest Hose every single time because it's a new experience. Yeah. I think we've only ever stayed at maybe two campgrounds yeah in florida and the one with um the one with mike oh in north carolina yeah the east coast we so our first like big road trip was basically the, the coastline of the eastern u.s it's not easy <laughs> finding free camping on the east coast it's brutal honestly so I'm curious, uh, it sounds like, you know, you've figured out places to park, but um, have you ever gotten the knock before? So the first time we were at a boat ramp in the Outer Banks and we, it was pouring out, like absolutely dumping. So we thought we were good for it. And we read online, like the Outer Banks are nearly next to impossible to get free, uh, free camping or stealth camping, whatever. So it's like two in the morning and there's a bright spotlight shining on our window. And we usually use window covers and stuff, but like through the cracks, you know, you can see bright light getting shine on you. And this place was in the middle of nowhere. So like there was no lights. We knew like it had to have been like a cop. Yeah. Well, we, we like 
pull down the corner <laughs> of it and you see two two car lights and a and a spotlight like right next to it so you know it's a cop and we're like oh crap we're screwed and then we just hear like the sound of the windshield wiper like lift up and like smack the the glass the windshield i was like huh that was weird and then he pulled away and drove off and i was like no way so i thought we had a ticket and i like opened up the door after he pulled out and then got it the notes like super wet and the ink starting to drain but it says like caleb yeah His name caleb. Is caleb yeah the officer caleb uh <laughs> he just said like hey just an fyi you're not allowed to overnight camp in the outer banks or in whatever county we were in um but tonight like you guys are good I looked you guys up because we have the Mathers on the Map logo on our van, which I don't know. It could be a bad thing, but it worked out in that scenario. <laughs> free marketing um, and free get out of jail free, I guess, or whatever. You got one view from the officer, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got one view. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he let us go for that night. But then the second time, which is we're out of the Outer Banks now. We're in like southern North Carolina. Top sale was right next to Top sale, I think. I clearly can't remember. But this was an eye overlander spot and then we got the knock and it was pretty aggressive knock oh like, yeah i thought we were I thought like put like dents in our doors and stuff <laughs> it was like so yeah. we opened the sliding door which i regret doing like next time we get a big knock like that i'm gonna open we didn't the... know it was a cop originally right. so that's why he's saying he regrets doing we it. had a good idea it was a cop because we were i mean the coastline in north carolina is like a pretty expensive area so i don't think like your friendly neighbor is going to go out there with a handgun and try and get you. But um, what I'm trying to say is like, if you do get a knock for safety purposes for yourself, don't just assume like pull down the window cover, make sure it is someone because it could be someone with bad intent who's trying to do something. So never just open your door for anyone is what I'm trying to say. But that time I just opened it and we just talked to them. They were, curious about the van really they were like looking inside asking us where we're traveling from and then just told us to go to the walmart so it wasn't bad yeah that's pretty much the what happens i i, I think getting the knock is a big fear of, of a lot of people getting into this but i mean as as long as it's not some shady activity it's really just somebody asking you to move on and you just do that and it's not not too big of a deal in most cases yeah and they're they're like just curious of the lifestyle too and just have a conversation and it's really, they're, they're all friendly, really. What kind of advice do you have for somebody that's thinking about getting into van life or specifically maybe even doing the DIY route like you guys did, building your, your own van? What kind of advice would you have for someone interested in that? I mean, I think if you're interested in the DIY route and you have, and that's what you want to do, like go for it 100% because I, I mean, we've only stayed in our van. However, I feel like it's so much homier than like oh yeah okay we did one in portugal but it was like it's very like rv you know what i mean so it takes that like not like hominess out of it if that makes sense like i don't know things are just made differently and like it's everything so i think i I don't really know how to explain it like i like our van because like it's how we want it. You know what I mean? Like it's everything that we want is there. It, like we thought through like how things are going to work and where we're going to put things. Whereas like, if you don't, then like 
There may not be like an overhead cabinet where you want it or something like that. So I think if you're willing to do the work, the product that you'll get, you could be happier with. Is the question like the person is already determined, they have determined that they are definitely getting into van life. And the question is, do you do the DIY route or do you do a, you buy used, a used camper van or you buy like- I was more just uh, curious about like, you know, because you have experience with the DIY route, um, somebody that's like, hasn't committed to anything yet, but is just, just interested in doing that route to begin with the DIY route, like what kind of advice would you give to that person? Yeah. The reason why I asked that is because we did rent, we rented a van, we traveled to Portugal and rented a van instead of doing hotels and stuff, just to make sure before this big investment, that van life was something that we enjoyed. So I just. I wanted to say it just because I thought that was really good. Obviously, renting a van isn't the cheapest thing you can do, but it's just making this investment and then figuring out you don't like it is more money. So do some trial first, maybe. Right. But for the the DIY build, for us, it took longer than expected, obviously. Uh, we were working full time, though, and only on weekends. So, And I don't have... I built it on the street of our house, and we kind of live in like a really... Like our lots Little are really small. So everyone's on top of each other. So we have no land. So I built it on the street, um, but it took longer than expected. And then I would say, you know, kind of if you're tight on budget, kind of future proof the van, right? So if you can only afford your electrical is going to be the most expensive thing without a doubt. So if you can only afford, you know, AGM batteries or only two 100 amp hour batteries, and you're not sure if it's going to be enough for the electrical needs, but you can, you're willing to make the sacrifice for the first year of van life, maybe build out your electrical box or compartment area, like a little bit bigger. So you can switch upgrade out. to three 100 amp hour batteries or four, however much you need, right? Like kind of think about that. Like for us, we built hours with additional space so I could fit a fourth battery in if we needed it, but we don't, which is great. But I know if we sell this down the road and someone does, they have that capacity to do so. Um, I don't know. That's kind of how I would, I would recommend it. Uh, anything else you think? I don't know. I also think if you're interested in van life and you want to do it, like do it because yeah. it's really a cool experience don't and wait. Yeah. it's like, it's worth it if it's something that you want to do for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a really good uh, van build series on YouTube too that's under uh, <laughs> Mathers on the Map that you can watch and, and check out if you want. <laughs> that's what they call a shameless plug right there. Yeah. <laughs> and you have some experience with, uh, you know, going into the mountains. You've talked a lot about being in the winter in van life, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that is expecting some cold climates in their van? What, like what kind of components or what kind of build would you, would you recommend? Insulate your pipes. Yeah. And apparently there's this heated mat that you can put under your water compartment. Definitely recommend that too, tank. because that is our biggest issue is weather and like how cold it's going to get and whether our pipes would freeze even if you're not thinking about being in winter if you like skiing or snowboarding or just like to live in the north like just insulate your pipes and consider cold temperatures because you know these cold fronts come out of nowhere and you can just be you can find yourself in a really cold environment on a surprise you know so i would definitely consider a heater no matter what even if you're oh. 
Definitely. You Diesel know, like, heater is required. Yeah, like 40 degrees can get pretty cold in a van, and blankets are great and all, but, you know, it's nice to just stay a little bit warm. You can get them pretty cheap on Amazon. We have the the Airtronic one with SPAR, which is a little bit more pricey, when, but we knew we would be in some cold temperatures, so we wanted to uh, have something reliable, you know. Um, insulate the pipes. The heat map's really good. We don't have that, but I wish that we did. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, you got to consider your gray tanks too underneath the van. Ours are underneath the van, and it's pretty difficult to keep them uh, not frozen. So, you know, we don't really have a mechanism to prevent them from freezing, which, you know, isn't the best. But, you know, when we do have to let our soapy water go on the ground or whatever, we make sure that we're using organic soap and products that are biodegradable and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely, there's a lot to consider with, with van life and building, building out a van for sure. And, um, I guess, yeah, my other question here is I would love to know your opinion on sort of the realities of van life versus the sort of the internet of van life, the, the, the Instagram hashtag van life. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, just your opinions on reality versus the hashtag? Yeah, well, I think that's where why we like YouTube so much because YouTube kind of paints. Uh, I'm not going to say the real picture because obviously videos are edited and to make it more entertaining, but we do try and keep it real as much as I mean we do. We keep it real. We just don't really share our our pooping scenes or something like that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, on average, the nights we spent in the van aren't going to be at a beautiful campsite. We spent countless nights at Walmart parking lots in Cracker Barrels. Um, so the reality that you're going to be sleeping on the beach all the time is, is non-existent. Maybe if you're in Baja, that's true. But even in Baja, we had some like pretty crappy nights where we slept right next to a resort and had their spotlight shining <laughs> down on our in our window the entire night. And when it's, you know, 75 degrees outside, you can't just close that window and put a cover up. Like you need it open to cool yourself down. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely not as pretty and, and glamorous as Instagram is. Yeah. I think it's also like you see all those pictures on Instagram and like the van's so tidy and like, <laughs> yeah everything is perfect and like in reality like the van is always a mess like there's nowhere to put anything so they're like your countertops always have like computers cameras like food like food that you're cooking like they're always covered and then then you have to like clean everything up before you move and like and then it has to be tidy but like it's just like it never looks the way it does in pictures in like real life. Like that was set up to look that way. Like it's, it doesn't really, that's and, not really reality. And of don't, life. don't get us wrong. Like we, we made like some, we took some pictures where like the setup is nice and stuff, but it's not comfortable at all when you're doing that. Like you <laughs> see in over the holidays, you have some pictures on Instagram where people like create a bonfire and then they sit outside with the projector on their van and they're watching like a Christmas movie, like guaranteed they're not sitting out there watching that movie. You know what I mean? They're sitting, they're spending like a couple hours 
setting that up, creating that scene, getting that scene, and then taking the thousands of shots, like hundreds of shots. And then you got to edit all those shots. You're probably like talking like six hours of work for that one picture and then you're not enjoying it. So like for everyone who thinks about it, like there's, there's actually yeah. a lot of work that goes into it and the amount of effort to take off, to pull off a picture like that. I don't really know if it's, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious. Um, just to, to get to know you guys a little bit more, what are some of your personal beliefs that sort of bring you up in life when you're feeling low? I think we really try to be like, live for like the moment and not really worry about like things that we can't control. Um, I That's try good. to do that at least. Um, I know that there are a million things that I wish I could change, but I can't. So I try just to kind of live by that. Uh, for me, it's about like, taking ownership and trying not to point blame on other people, right? Like if you, I don't know what the example would be, but I'm trying to think of a good example on the fly and I'm falling apart here. Uh, but that would be one, like take ownership of your choices and stuff, try not to point blame, but then also try to look for the positive side of every environment, you know, uh, or every situation. Um, like for, like for skiing or something, we try not to ski on the weekends, but if it's, if it's snowing or something, or if it's, I don't know, you just try and find like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be really crowded, but we're going to get like five inches of snow. So try and think through that positive outlook instead of the negative one, or just having that positive mindset as much as you can, like going to the gym. Everyone's talking about going to the gym in the beginning of the new year, you know, but most people like hate going to the gym. Think of the mindset that I am able to go to the gym. Like I have all my limbs work. Like I have the ability to go run and people don't like there's people who are, you know, with disabilities who can't do that. So don't take it for granted. And I think traveling, you know, helps reassure that again, going to what we said earlier with it changes your perspective. It makes you realize what you have and what others don't. And I don't know, I'm trying to do that. It's a real simple shift of perspective. Uh, the way I like to say it, and I'll use your example, but it's, uh, yeah, instead of just saying like, I have to go to the gym, it's, I get to go to the gym. Right. You know, it's, it's a, it's looking at life a little, a little bit, just with simple gratitude and positivity it goes a long way. I find too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I started, uh, doing three things I'm grateful for every morning. I used to do that a lot back in like when we weren't traveling in the van, but I just started it for the new year now. And it's just another little thing. And it's like, I'm grateful that we have a heater that works like simple things, but just like, I don't know, start your mind in a positive way and just kind of help carry that through the day. I think it's also important to realize, like to be grateful for like the little things like we, so we want a single family house, but we still live in a duplex, but we live in a house. You know what I mean? Like it might not be exactly the house that we want right now, but like we live in a house, you know what I mean? Or like, we don't have to ride our bike to work. We have a car. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like find like the little things that you can be grateful for, even if it's not exactly what you want. You, like, There's know. a little rough path in that because <laughs> we try to apply for a mortgage. And since I don't, I quit my corporate job and no longer have a stable income. It's like, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get approved for one. So it's just like that right there. It's making me smile because we kind of just had like a down moment on it the other week, but damn, 
I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm sure, yeah, with time, you know, like, uh, we just bought our first home right that I'm in right now. It's a, it's an old farm home, but we did it completely off of my YouTube income and got a mortgage with it. So it is possible. It is possible. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. That's so sweet. Yeah. 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 For sure. So, so what's next for you two? So we we're both 29 and in the beginning of the, the conversation today, we kind of said that we don't want to be just a van specific channel. Obviously the van's going to be a part of us and the way we travel is, is, uh, you know, the, we're always going to look for overlanding opportunities. In the we future. do, we do really like van life. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with van life. We just, the van limits us to places that we can drive to and we want to see a whole bunch of places. So. Yeah, we wanted to hit uh, 30 countries under 30, and we're at 24 right now. We both turned 30 in May, so it's it's coming up. Yeah. And with <laughs> COVID going on, like, it's pretty much, it's very difficult. We were supposed to go to Barbados uh, this week, and we couldn't get find a test anywhere to uh, to get into the country. So we had to cancel all of that. But to answer your question, snowboarding trip, in the yeah. Northeast, snowboarding Colorado. Hopefully, some international trips to Central America where we can get some surfing in. And then a big van life road trip to uh, Alberta. Yeah. The goal is to, to get to our 30 under 30. If not, we'll just hopefully get to 30 by like August. Um, but we do want to continue like van travels or even if we can travel in a van in another country. Um, so we do want to continue the van life channel a bit, but we also want to add in international um, destinations as well. Nice. And where can people follow your adventures? Instagram and Facebook are Mathers on the Map. YouTube is Mathers on the Map. We Definitely YouTube. Yeah. Go to, that's where we put all our, our most of our energy in. And Instagram too. But YouTube is definitely the driver. Yeah, we send out uh, like monthly newsletters. So if they want to be a part of that, they can go to our blog, which is also Mathers on the Map, um, and sign up to be a part of that. And you get our overnight camping map or our map of our, every spot we stayed in the van. To date. To date. So that's pretty cool. And it's nice because yeah. we have like a little like track record of everywhere we've been. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you both today. Yeah, yeah thanks for awesome. having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. I sure hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, if you made it all the way here, I'm sure you did. New episodes of this podcast come out every Thursday. So thanks everyone again, and uh, we'll see you there.